think maybe before we hop on it, before we start, uh, I can give you a chance maybe just introduce yourself, Doug, so for everyone who's okay. listening to kind of just know who you are and, and what we're yeah. on about today. Okay, so um, my name is Neo Ngwe, and I'm a um, BA law student at the University of Pretoria. Um, yeah, it's my second year now, and... You know, this is always a this is always a difficult question to answer, but um, I'm just a person who's very passionate about um, social ills, and you know I'm one who's very vocal about uh, my opinion. So you know, anytime I'm invited to a conversation where I feel like it's constructive and a conversation that allows you know myself to be able to um, to express myself on on certain things that happen in in the world, not just in our country and stuff. So, yeah, yeah that's basically me, man. I just, nice. yeah. Shout out. So, today's topic, uh, I think, like you said, maybe that you mentioned before, you have done like the social ill. Uh, one of them, obviously, being racism. Uh, yeah. Racism, particularly, I don't want to, like, narrow it down to say, like, racism in South African context, but obviously, that's the, uh-huh. the main focus. But I think racism yeah. is, like, a, it's a social ill that happens everywhere around the world. And I think we're yeah. still seeing it. Uh, funny enough, I was actually surprised the other day because I was looking if the American protests were still happening, the Black Lives Matter protests. And yeah. I actually found out that, like, in large parts of the country, they're actually still happening on that side in America. So it's clearly a social ill that's happening worldwide over and not just mm. in South Africa. Sure. So, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It, it's, I think it's, it's just crazy. Africa. It's crazy for me to think that even now, you know, in, in 2020, people are still fighting for the same things that mm. people like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Steve Biko, you know, people who are part of the Black Conscious Movement mm. were fighting for. We are still fighting for those things in 2020. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, no, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I, I actually had a conversation, I think it was over the weekend, uh, but this was pertaining to a different topic, but a social ill yeah. also. And I think somebody did mention also the same thing to say it's it's ridiculous that we're in twenty twenty and we're still fighting for for the same thing that uh, maybe perhaps not even like our parents, but like our great grandfathers and mothers fought for. Uh, basically, it's it's a civil rights movement as it's always been from the champ, saying mm-hmm. essentially what it is is just saying that everyone should be treated equally and mm-hmm. civilly in a kind in a in a state where like you know everyone is given the same opportunity and no one has to start further behind or further ahead. It should be, we all start from the same place and we move from that. And I think that's a, that's the thing, actually, maybe like to start it off, that a lot of mm-hmm. white people, uh, in, in my own regard, or a lot of non-black people, let me say a lot of non-black people, yeah. um, I feel like they see pro-black movements as anti-white or anti-whatever um, race it is that you're from. And I don't know... Yeah. Maybe, like, I don't know from your own understanding, like, how you see that in terms of uh, why do you think that people so often feel as though uh, a pro-black movement is an anti-white movement, whereas a pro-black movement, as we know it, is just, it's to say equality. It's not to say we want to go ahead, but it's to just say mm-hmm. give us an equal opportunity and equal chance and standpoint. Yeah. Um, hmm. that's, that's a good question. I think there's, there's definitely a misunderstanding um you know that 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 comes from um a misunderstanding on their part because 
you know, like we say, you know, when we when we when these pro black movements are started, it's usually, you know, in it's it's usually a reaction to to the action that is happening in in you know in black communities. Um, so, for example, you know, it's it's a it's a cry out for help. That's how I see it. But I feel like you know, um, non-black people, you know, they they um, they see it as us saying that our lives are more important than their lives. When in actual fact, that's not the case. You know, the 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 difference is, black lives are more at risk than any other ethnic group, you know, worldwide, especially, you know, with, you know, given the recent events in, in America, um, you know, it, it's, it's quite evident that black lives are the ones that are being, you know, destroyed at the hands of the authority, you know, at the hands of people who, whose mandate it is to protect and to serve all people, yet black people are the ones who are being targeted at. So for me, I feel like it's, it's maybe a misunderstanding. Um, it could also be, I don't know if we could attribute it to ignorance, but there's a level of ignorance also there, you know, because at the end of the day, we need to, it's, it's our duty to keep ourselves up to date with current events, you know? So it's, it's, it's nothing new that black lives are, you know, black lives are being, you know, black people are being killed. Black people are losing their lives. Like that's not news. You know, it's happened since the days of slavery and it's still continuing to happen now. So it's a thing of like being out of touch. We could argue and say it's being out of touch with reality. So, yeah. I I think, uh, I think also your last point, like you said, being out of touch with reality. And I think, uh, Mm -hmm. I think that comes from a place of maybe them never being able to understand uh, when I say them just referring to like non-black people altogether yeah. Uh, yeah. as a collective because I remember there's actually a time um, a friend of mine who was Indian actually asked me as to why I think they're asking something along the lines of why black life should matter or why should mm-hmm. it be highlighted so so distinctly and I yeah. think in that moment in time I also understood which is a concept that I think a lot of us miss very often is that as long as you're non-black I don't think you fully understand the lens of how um, we are discriminated against and how we were essentially like violated as a people. And I think um, even with the word violence, more often than not, there's a misconception that violence has to only do with like uh, the physical violence. But I also learned somewhere that you can have systematic violence, you can have state violence, uh, state mm-hmm. violence being something like um, you guys being denied opportunities uh, to, to, let's say, to, to acquire like capital and then start a business. Uh, yeah. You guys being denied opportunity to get like a decent education because maybe the schools that you attend aren't uh, necessarily, you know, up to par or they're not on the same standard that other schools mm. would be on. So I think a lot of people misunderstand the conception or misunderstand the idea of violence uh, when it's being relayed to. In essence, violence isn't always physical. Violence can be, like you said, like can be systematic violence, can be state violence. And I think violence... Um, in that regard, is always more targeted towards black people. And I think uh, you mentioned the point to, obviously, like, uh, when we use the, the American example, where we mm. actually see maybe life protests, for instance. I don't know, what's your standpoint uh, in trying to dismantle the idea that, uh, and I think we've seen it a lot uh, on social media as you just go about your day. A lot of mm. people feel as though the Black Lives Matter movement 
is an American thing and not a South African thing. So I don't know how you how you see that or what's your take on that. Um. So regarding the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, I think it's a uh, yes. You know the the events are more prevalent in the in the states in America, but you know it's it doesn't mean just because it it happens in in a land that might be foreign to ours that we should care any um, any less. You know, at the end of the day, um, my skin is black, your skin is black. It might be different shades, but we you know we we were all still. Um, under the umbrella or considered as black people. So for us, it's a thing of like empathy. I think empathy is the word that I'm looking for. You know, being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and, and, and trying for, 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 for a minute to, to, to imagine how it would feel to be living under those conditions, you know? Yeah. Um, so for me, I just think it's, it, it shouldn't be a thing of because the events are more prevalent in a foreign land, you know, we should care any less about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm black, you black, and these things are happening to black people. You know, these things that are happening paint the, the realities of black people. So for, for as fellow black people, we should be able to exercise that level of empathy, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think also the, the other idea that I, I initially had or the the revelation I kind of came to somewhere in between trying to understand the concept is that, mm-hmm. and I think it's the same thing that you said that at the end of the day, whether I think with everything else in life, right, with every other intersectionality within our lives, mm-hmm. it can almost be subjective in some regard. Meaning, yeah. um, what I'm essentially saying is like sexuality, for instance, can't be assumed when you see somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, things of that nature, you can't assume that somebody's foreign based off anything until they tell you. You know, mm. in a different land. But when it comes to race, race is almost a very, it's very, I don't want to say it's narrow, but it's narrow in some sense in that a black person in South Africa is a black person in America, a black person in yeah. America is a black person in Brazil. Uh, yeah. Regardless where you are, whichever part of the world, a black person is a black person. So that's the one thing that's kind of, um, it's kind of, this. it's the one thing that kind of boxes us in from the outset that you don't have to, you don't have to dig deep into that. Uh, obviously, you have like uh, people that are racially ambiguous. Or who are like different, I understand that. But I think um, trying to narrow it down, maybe, or trying to make it more simple is that race, regardless of where you are, is a thing and it can yeah. be seen, you know, from the outset. So I think that's also another reason why we would need to to empathize, I think, uh, with our brothers and sisters of our own skin tone or our own race, even in different yeah. places. And I think also um, on that topic, I think it also touches maybe the first the first part of the conversation that we're initially trying to get at, to say mm-hmm. that um, how do you see implicit and explicit racism in our state or in our own country? Maybe. Um, so I think, firstly, it would probably be important for us to, you know, differentiate between implicit racism and explicit racism. Um, mm-hmm. So with implicit racism, um, you know, from, from what I've read, it's it's a very complex mental process. So, you know, by that, you know, what I mean is there is more to it than what meets the eye, you know? So it basically, um, it stimulates negative attitudes and perceptions about a certain group of people um, by grouping them under one umbrella. So it's basically thoughts, you know? 
and these thoughts are like influenced by our own family members even you know perceptions of other races so our family members own perceptions of other races um television you know the news that we are fed and i think just general negative comments and stereotypes about people belonging to a different race you know so you know all these different factors they influence us on how to react and our interactions with people who belong to a different racial group so for example you know an example that i can give is if you are told or were taught in your household that all black people are thieves you know so obviously when you encounter a black person you know being from a different race yourself um, that's the example i'm giving you are more likely to to hide or keep your positions close to yourself because of what you were taught at home you know what your 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 mind has now um, processed as mm. the truth, which, you know, in fact, theft has nothing to do with, mm. with color. Um, so I think to, to, to say that um, in our own country or in our own state, you see it a lot with, 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 with white people or with people who do not, uh, people who are not black, people who do not, relate to um you know anything mm. black you see it in the way that they treat black people so if you go to um for example if you go to a church a church that is predominantly white you know be it afrikaans or be it english you obviously given the eye um but more so you you are made to feel uncomfortable you know it's like you go sit next to a white person or a person belonging to a different race than yourself and they end up standing up and moving to the next seat. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's one that is deeply rooted in the mind, but it's not, sometimes it's very hard yeah. to see as well. It's, it's, it's not, you know, as opposed to explicit racism, it's very hard to see, but to, 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 you know, to finish my point on implicit racism, I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those where some people fail to openly acknowledge, you know, their attitudes and perceptions um, because they are in conflict with what they have been brought up to know or what they have been taught at home. And I think it's important for us, you know, as people of, you know, as people of all races, um, it's important for us to be aware of these attitudes and perceptions. Yeah you know, of the powerful influence that these negative associations have on our behavior. Because it could also be a thing of um, a black person exercising implicit racism on a person of a different yeah. race. You know what I mean? It's not just, it's, we need to be, you know, we need to be open to that as well because it's not just a white person, you know, being who can be implicit to, I mean, who can be implicitly racist to another person of um, yeah. of color. But it's you know it's it's in our conversations it's yeah. in our thoughts so yeah, yeah i think i think the definition that you that you gave uh hammered it to the point especially i think maybe just to highlight like the main point that i thought made like shows at home is to say like mm -hmm. i think it's the complexities in the mind like things that we were fed from yeah. such a young age and things that we were given from from um from the jump like from basically your your, your beginning yeah. stages to where you are now because I think, um, and I think we see it a lot in our 
in our own context as South Africa, because what happens a lot in our country is that, unlike um, unlike maybe like Americans and the American states, what you have is that in our country the majority of people, in terms of um, purely just like uh, population, is black people. So I think in that regard, it would be very difficult for you to be explicitly racist. Uh, explicitly racist meaning that uh, you may be putting up a, a job opportunity and explicitly saying that no mm. black people are allowed, you know, or you um, using certain racial slurs towards people. And reason being mm. because we are the majority people in terms of purely just uh, looking at the, 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 the population of people. Because uh, I think it was in 2019, uh, black people amounted for about 80.7% of the population in Africa, whereas white people were 7.9%. And obviously the rest uh, being forming uh, Indians and Asians and obviously other races. Yeah. But it's very difficult, I think, in our country to be explicitly racist. So I think in our country, we see a lot of implicit racism. And I think uh, it's the thing that you said to say, mm-hmm. it's the racial prof- profiling where you enter, you enter any sort of like business, any sort of church, and people begin to like clutch yeah. your bags more than they would if there was somebody else sitting there. Or what's the idea is that hiring black people is not necessarily a good business decision decision because black people are lazier yeah. than other races, you know, things like that. Or mm. I think it's it's the, it's the assumptions and the, the notions we were made to believe. And I think, like you said, it's very, because it's very hard to pick up, it's also something that's very hard to dismantle mm-hmm. because we can never dismantle something that we yeah. don't pick up, you know. So implicit racism is very... I think in our country it's very prevalent. Like we see it, we see it every day in, in almost yeah. everything that happens. Because you go to a lot of places. I think uh, you do. You hear like in the way people speak. Uh, I think we've all experienced mm-hmm. where we entered certain stores, maybe certain high end stores, and the, the the service that you get in terms of maybe somebody coming to even approach you to ask you, would you need something? And they they don't do that for you as a black mm-hmm. person, but they'll do it for the next person who's non-black. I think that in itself is yeah. implicit racism because what you're assuming is that because I'm a black person, there's certain things maybe I can't afford and you'd assume that I'm just here only to look. So I think we see yeah. it a lot in our, in, in our country. And I think it's, I think like you said, because it's so hidden and because it's like, it's implied almost, it's like in the small gestures and the small actions, we will never, or we, we haven't actively started working, I think on the implicit part of racism which is, I think, more detrimental than explicit racism. Because the reason you have such an uproar yes. in America in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement is because in America, I think we see it more openly uh, in the police killings, the police brutality, which can be taken mm-hmm. by video. You know, these are things that you can, you have like actual mm-hmm. videographic evidence and you can present it before people. Whereas with implicit racism, we can never like take a video of it like openly because it's, it's implied, because it almost leaves... Um, at least some sort of like sense of you, somebody else can perceive it differently or somebody else can perceive it differently. Mm-hmm. Even though we're both black, we can see this thing and I see some sort of racism, you don't. And that's why implicit racism is such, mm-hmm. such a problem because what it does is it even, it even divides us as black people because some of us as black people see it and yeah. some people just won't see it. So I think that's, that's definitely mm-hmm. like an issue. Then, I don't know, ex- explicit racism, how, how you saw it or how you think of it. Um, so the explicit racism, I feel like that one is, is more intentional. Um, you know, it, it is not concealed. Um, it is practiced by people and institutions that openly embrace racial discriminations. 
and hold prejudicial um, attitudes towards, you know, people belonging to a different racial group. And I think we see it a lot in our sports lately. You know, it's in the media. It's in our schools as well. You know, it's it's that one is 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 easier to pick up than the implicit yeah. racism. So, like with with sports, for example, um, you know, I'm a I'm a follower of football, and you know, in the Italian league, there's a lot of racism, um, racism towards black players. Yeah. You know, you you're probably familiar with the player Mario Balotelli, and you know he's been one on the receiving end of these racial slurs and, you know, fans from the opposition wearing uh, monkey suits. And every time you would touch the ball or every time that he would receive a pass, they would start, you know, making these monkey sounds and they would even throw bananas on the pitch. You know, that, that one is more explicit, you know, but, and it's also in the media as well. So we see, even in our own media as well, yeah. we see how sometimes, you know, black, you know, when, when, when black people are, are dying at the hands of, you know, a different race, sometimes in the media, not just in our country, but also in, 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 in America, for example, it is not, it is not televised as much or it is not afforded the same attention as other issues. You know, we, we know of some media outlets that, that choose to be very, um, they, they, they choose to be very quiet on certain issues relating to racism. Mm. You know, they will, they would do anything but speak about it or bring it um, into light on, on platforms such as, you know, the news and stuff. But I think in, in more recent times, you know, we, there was a period where we, we experienced it with, with schools, you know, the schools that we went to. Yeah. Uh, the schools that our peers went to, um, you know, there was a time where on social media, you know, videos were dropping on 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 Twitter, on Facebook, where we were just, you know, being exposed to this racism, where you know, students, white students, were calling black students certain names, using the N word, and it's just, it's 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 crazy how, like I said, it is not concealed. You know, if I take a video where I am making um, racial slurs towards a black person, obviously that is not meant to be private, you know, because it's obviously distributed. And once it's distributed, that's where, you know, it comes to the attention of, of, of people who, you know, initially were not supposed to get a hold of that information. So I think we see it a lot in our schools with the way, you know, certain, um, certain schools treat um, black people or, you know, um, other people of a different racial group, they are sort of not afforded the same treatment as another racial group, you know. So explicit racism, like I said, that is more than often intentional and is, it is not concealed. Yes. I think also going to the point where, where you said, um, I think we've seen it a lot in schools, we've seen it a lot um in our obviously different spheres of life, like our different walks of life. I think that the other thing that I want to find out in terms of like your own personal experiences with racism, regardless of whether it was implicit or explicit, mm-hmm. um, how did you find that uh, maybe your first encounter of, of any sort of racism that you felt, you know, 
was uh was traumatic to some extent that you know it's like kind of stuck with you did you have any like personal experiences with racism with racism so yo i i think there's probably a few events that i can recall mm-hmm. um you know with racism i'm just trying to think of you know my my first actual encounter with racism mm-hmm. and i think sure let me so you know with i really need to think about this but i'd say with racism my first encounter i think was at primary yeah primary mm-hmm. school I think primary school was probably my first encounter with racism. And I think in the situation, you know, we we were playing on on the school grounds, you know, on the on the playgrounds, and one of you know, one of the black learners fell and he hurt himself. You know, so he was bleeding. Well he bled from the knee. Yeah. And you know, as 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 kids you know, we didn't think about calling, you know, for help or, you know, running to say, well, sending someone to run to um, go call for the teacher. Mm. So, you know, what what we did was we ran to to the aid of, you know, the the kid who, who was bleeding from the knee. Mm. And I think there was probably like a few of us that, you know, who swarmed him. And I remember one white boy said to us, don't touch his blood. He might have HIV. Mm-hmm. And I think I was probably around grade three, grade four. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And I remember, you know, we, we, we asked him, what do you mean? And I think that at the time when we asked him, what do you mean? It was not a thing of like, we were woke mm-hmm. or we, 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 we knew that he was, you know, implying something. But you know, as kids, we're very um, inquisitive, mm-hmm. you know, because we're not learned much about HIV so at the time it was a thing of like yo what do you mean what is this you know this HIV and he said no my mom told me that black people's blood has HIV and at the time I think it was a thing of didn't really understand what he was saying Mm -hmm. and there was obviously a more serious issue that we needed to pertain to Mm -hmm. but you know when I look back at that situation I, I realized how racist that comment was, you know, you know, inferring meaning or, or implying that, um, you know, only black people's blood has HIV, you know what I mean? Or HIV can only be found in a black person's blood. And when he, I remember when this, when this boy said this, he wasn't saying it to us black people that, hey, guys, don't touch his blood. You know, it might be infected with HIV. He was saying it to a fellow white boy who was there mm. trying to help, you know. So that was probably my first time where I can recall, you know, um, an experience with with racism. Yeah. And then I had a then I had a second my second experience with racism was towards, um, you know, my later years of of high no no high school no, primary school yeah. I think grade six, grade seven. So we had this Valentine's ball that was coming up, you know, and there was this white, you know, girl that I was very close with. You know, we were close mates and stuff, but I, you know, started developing a crush on her. 
And I remember, you know, I had this plan of, you know, asking her out for the Valentine's ball. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I thought like, you know what, it's going to, it's going to be smooth sailing, you know, cause we're already good friends. So even if we just go as friends, that would be cool. Um, so I remember I walked up to her and I asked her and I'm like, yo, you know, what do you think about um, being my date? Would you like to be my date? Um, for the Valentine's ball that's coming up soon because, you know, I would like to go with you and, you know, I try to even be romantic about it, yeah. you know, write down, the, write down a letter there, you know, and then I, I asked a friend to, to give it to her, but then after school, I then decided to approach her myself and ask her myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember she said to me that, no, I'll, I'll think about it. The following day came, so obviously I'm, I'm a bit anxious, so I go to her and I ask her, you know, have you thought about it? Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying to me that, you know, although you, one of the good looking black boys, I've already agreed to going with someone else. And this someone else happened to be a white boy. So, of course, there was, there was two things that, that was wrong with what she mm-hmm. said. You know, good looking black boy. Obviously, there's, a, there's an underlying meaning to that, uh, to that statement. But at the time... I'm thinking that, oh, she thinks I'm good looking, but I'm not paying mind to the fact that she just said good looking black boy. You know, why couldn't, why can't I just be good looking mm-hmm. without saying good looking black boy? Because that now makes a distinction between, you know, the the, the general black boy yeah. who, you know, in her words, is not really good looking. So that was my second experience with racism. Yeah.